I have to warn you ahead of time. I am not a Fraggle Rock aficionado. Oh, that is totally fine. No. Okay, cool. Because I've been. I was like, like, oh fuck! I gotta find out all these facts. No, oh, no, 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 no. Don't worry about that. <laughs> good tier. I mean, as far as a non-aficionado, literally no one else on the show could have sent me a photo of them with a Fraggle. So <laughs> that is a pretty good poll you Those did. Are- Okay, cool. I mean, anyway, it's a podcast. So if you fuck it up, yeah. we'll just talk about it and it'll be fine. Uh, <laughs> it's a it. podcast. It's like the most comforting thing. You can... <laughs> you should... <laughs> I mean, I try to run it like so. it's more professional than most, but it's yeah. still what it is. I'm literally like two feet away from a fire escape. So worst case scenario, <laughs> I fuck it up and just jump off the sixth floor of this apartment building. That is the worst case scenario. <laughs> Yeah, like, I I like, guess, like there's a middle case scenario where you just hang up Skype and go back to the wedding. <laughs> I just go back up and no one's there and I look for shrimp that maybe someone dropped and the caterers missed. <laughs> good morning, Mitsus. Welcome back to Read It and Weep. We are a good podcast about creatures great and small. I'm your host, Alex Falcone. You can find me on Twitter at Alex underscore Falcone. And I have an excellent panel with me today. First up, my co-host at Anthony Lopez Part 2 on Twitter in Portland, Oregon. It's Mr. Anthony Lopez. Thanks for having me as always. Uh, I'll be here for the rest of my life, which should be about 10 more minutes. (laughs) (laughs) That's a strange sort of like hint into the darkness of the true world of the Fraggles is that they're like house flies in that their expected life is about 10 minutes. Every episode, they're dying, and there's new identical fraggles being born. It's very strange. But they, they perceive time differently, so, you know, like, true. the whole series takes place over, like, 10 human minutes. It's true. Yeah. It's one guy hanging out with his dog for 10 minutes, and this little creature comes in and out 100 times really fast. <laughs> also joining us today, he's uh, she's at Amandable on Twitter from Skeptic.org in Boston, Mass. It's Amanda Weinbach. Yes, thank you for introducing me, King, Daddy, Sir, General. <laughs> Man, it's kind of hot when you say it that way. <laughs> that made me so uncomfortable. It was, oh man, the family dynamic of the the Gorgs is a, is all definitely uh, not healthy. It uh, it reminds me a little bit of uh, the first season of True Detective. That's how bad it is. <laughs> And we watch this as children. God, no wonder we've come out this way. Man, uh, well, I, did you watch a lot as children? I feel like I watched a little bit, but not on. We'll come back to that. Never mind. Hang on. Hang yes. on. First, let me finish this. We have a very special guest today. She's at Phoebe Bottoms on Twitter in New York at the moment, but normally out of Los Angeles, California. It's Phoebe Bottoms. Hello, world. And I wouldn't trade you a brass meatball for a fraggle. <laughs> I mean,. That seems like a fair trade. I say that at the beginning of every conversation. It just happens that it's relevant to this very specific. Yeah, we really lucked out. We got you on this episode. (laughs) It's a great great negotiating tactic. Just walk in and say, listen, it's one thing you should know about me. (laughs) You've got one line I do not cross. Either you don't value fraggles or you really value brass meatballs. Honestly, it's an even break. Pick a side. (laughs) Yeah. So, uh, besides being a comedian, Phoebe, one one of the reasons I thought it would be great to have you, I've been meaning to have you on anyway, but the reason you're perfect for this episode is because you have some Muppet experience uh, 
for for those of you who don't, for people who don't know about Phoebe and your Muppet experience, will you tell us tell us what what you've done, how you got here? You got it. Um, I well, I'm a comedian. That's how I started my uh, uh, and about three years ago, there was a floating letter on the internet from the Jim Henson Company, and it said, "Hi, are you a?" Uh, woman or a non-white male and I was like I'm a woman or a non-white male <laughs> and they're like do you have comedy experience because we need people of diversity with comedy backgrounds to be puppeteers for the Henson Company so submit some materials and we'll figure it out so I sent them a little letter um, and then went in and auditioned I got accepted to audition with like I think a thousand people submitted 300 auditioned on the Henson lot. And then, wow. uh, 25 of, uh, 30 of us got in for the first three weeks. And then five and then were three, executed. Yeah. Then five <laughs> people were executed by Muppets. <laughs> oh. Uh, yeah. And then they cut us in half after the first three weeks. And then half of us kept going and I, for like six months and that was me. I made it. So now I'm a puppeteer. You're you're and my a dad trained what? certified Henson Muppeteer. That's true. That is That's a true thing. Bananas thing. That is a crazy statement to say out loud. It's fun. It's a nice turn of events. Um it's funny it can it came a little full circle cuz my dad was an actor in New York in the 70s and Jim Henson saw him in a Broadway show he was doing. And was like, hey, come have a meeting with me in my office. And then my dad went and Henson was like, I'm writing a Broadway play and I want you to be a rock. And my dad, <laughs> my dad was like, you got it. And oh. Your dad's not as good of a negotiator as you are. No. At the time, there were no fraggles to use as leverage. <laughs> um so my dad essentially did the same thing I did, which is he just like trained and learned how to be a puppeteer. And then they flew him out to London to be in the first season of the Muppet show. So wow. that yeah. is full so circle. A, I, I don't I'm, know if it's you're a multi-generational uh, uh, Muppet. Tra- I mean, Papa Bottoms was also, a, well, he was a Rolling Stone, <laughs> but he was also a, uh, a Muppeteer. That's amazing. Well, literally, literally a Rolling Stone. That's awesome. <laughs> And only only Jim Henson could call you into a meeting and say, I would like you to be a rock. And you'd be like, hell yeah. Well, <laughs> Jim Henson and Vince McMahon, right? Well, that's true. That is true. <laughs> Your dad's negotiating tactic should have been, listen, Jim, I appreciate the offer, but no man is a rock. I love that. I, yeah. I think that, I, look, I think there's Your a lot Your words said that you loved it, but your tone suggested maybe you didn't. No, I, I loved it. Oh, okay. I'm, look... I'm going to level with you. I'm staying at my friend's apartment and he's got a cat and my husband's allergic to cats. So I don't get a lot of cat FaceTime uh-huh. and Brian Carlson sitting right next to me and requesting chin scritchies. Mm. So I, my tone was split with attention. <laughs> it was me and scritchies. Okay. <laughs> like, that was so cute. Well, we're so, anyway. we're so glad to have you and we have so many, I'm sure we're gonna have many Muppet questions coming on down the pike. Uh, but let I me tell, tell everybody about the show. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, I hope I can answer them. Oh, cool. And if you can't, neither can we. So it's totally fair. Your expectations are low. Uh, this is episode yeah. number 413 of the podcast. 
Oh we've, my god! I know we have now done as many episodes as the number of carriages recently purchased by West Midlands Trains, which will run those trains between Birmingham and London via Coventry. Well, of course. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Speaking of strange creatures who live in strange places and travel in strange ways, you, and yet are not too different from us all. This week we're talking about Fraggle Rock, the early '80s kids show produced by Gemma Henderson's Productions and Home Box Office. With a oh, the Home Box Office. Oh man! Yeah. That's the thing I miss the most about the 80s is saying home box office. So good. Uh, it's here's, a, the, here's the thing about it that about the Fraggles that I wish was a little more HBO is I wish that they had the like regular intro and then sort of like a Sopranos like op- like there's no good HBO opening credits. Oh, yeah, Fraggles. yeah, yeah. Like a really cool song and some yeah. long shots of uh, New Jersey. Yeah, exactly. It's just Boober oh. driving through the shore with a cigar. Oh, man. Boober would de- as the head of the Sopranos. Man. Yeah, Boober would get a, get, like, fit so well in at the bang. He'd like live like on the stripper stage and pop out. He'd, like, I don't know. I don't, I, well, I don't want to go into this weird outer space world. I do like also a Muppet hand with a giant cigar. <laughs> yeah. Just throwing dollars, so, seeing a lot of murders. The the real reason we're watching uh, Fraggle Rock this week is because it's Rocktober. Happy the Rocktober, Amanda and Phoebe. Uh, Thank you. Happy Rocktober to you. Yeah, and uh, so this is our final Rock episode, and so we've watched three movies featuring The Rock, and now we wanted to watch something with the Rock with Rock in the title. Fraggle Rock was the number one choice by our Meat Buddies, so our Meat Buddies voted for it. You can become a Meat Buddy and vote for things at readdestry.com slash Meat Buddies. What a cool deal. So let me summarize now for people who have not seen Fraggle Rock, uh, perhaps ever, or at least since the 80s, which is certainly the case <laughs> with me. In uh, which case you would have been so high on cocaine, maybe you don't <laughs> I, I, oh a, man. Another kind of rock. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> oh yeah. That's what we should have done for the, the finale of Rocktober cocaine we well, I'm doing a lot of it right now <laughs> 1 p.m somewhere <laughs> you're like man i'm torn between podcasting cocaine and uh, chin scritches so you're very busy yeah brian carlson you can do all of them at the same time just yeah. coke right off the cat's forehead yeah that's why i need the cocaine <laughs> are, are you sure your husband's allergic to cats and not to coke because that I don't know. He always gets sniffly after he does it, so it's entirely possible he's allergic to cocaine. Oh, man. Okay, so so here's the world. So there's a human person with a Muppet dog who has a garage. Let me see now. Well, I can put the workbench here and this drawing table over there. Oh, come on in, Sprocket. Tell me, Sprocket, how do you really like it here? <laughs> yes, of course I knew you'd love it here. But through a magical mouse hole in the side of the garage, there is a large underground world full of tiny Muppet creatures called Fraggles. The Fraggles are industrious, a variety of hairdos and costumes, and also exceedingly stupid. Among (laughs) the so dumb, the center of the universe is, of course, that marvelous land known as Fraggle Rock. It It is is thus called called because because it is is a rock, and Fraggles live there. And uh, the dog, uh, despite being able to speak English, is also pretty dumb. And the tinkerer in the garage, the human person, 
rather dumb. But anyway, so then there's all these dumb fraggles, and then among the dumb fraggles are a smaller Muppet creature called the Doozers that walk around and build things out of uh, rock candy, I guess. They build towers and roads, not to be traveled upon or lived in, but to be eaten by fraggles. Both by foe the most competent group in this Absolutely. entire series. <laughs> until, the, until a hat lands on one of them, and he just thinks it's nighttime. So, well, hey, man, his universe is real small. Think about how big that hat is, you know? If a it's giant, like, 50-foot, blackfoot dome went over your head, Alex, and that was all you could see, it would freak you out, but too. he just kept working. I mean, he's so, like, he's... They're more... Comp- yeah, definitely the Doozers are the closest to sane. Like, they're the strongest. I heard that... I read that someone was like, they're the anti-fraggle. And I was like, that's, like, oh. such an intense description. It is. That's, and like, a... That sounds like the way that the Hensons would go about the design of this would be, like this creature is id and this one's ego or something like that. They're yeah. like, this has that much uh, planning behind it. But what the doozers do is they build the fraggles eat the buildings. But then uh, on the other side of the fraggle village, there is another magical hole, which leads to a gorg hut. And the gorgs are, as far as I can tell, like a little bit bigger than humans and also giant and fuzzy, but there's only three of them and two of them call themselves King and Queen and of the universe. Of the universe. Mm-hmm. Of the universe. Because they are also not very smart. They're super stupid. So uh It's an incredibly solipsistic environment that everyone lives in, where everybody seems to think that the universe because they exist, the universe exists. I mean that's, that they're the yeah. only imaginable there's no way that there's another dimension to their environment. And, and what do they do? They hang out, they the the kid Gorg tries to catch Fraggles, but has no plan on what to do once he gets them. He kind of wants to bonk them, but like, also is fine with just being friends with them. I'll have to sneak through a Gorg's garden without a Gorg seeing me. Hey. Whoa! Why you fool, Fraggles? Sometimes it works, and sometimes it doesn't. Why you? Ugh. One of these days I'll get you, Fraggles. Well, sometimes, like, I feel like he, like, in the episode, one of the episodes I watched, he catches one of the fraggles in a yeah. jar and, yeah. like, shows his parents. And I, was, I I just think he's, like, a, like, loner homeschool kid who just wants <laughs> to affect him. He is the most homeschooled his, gorg. Of his, <laughs> such a homeschool casualty. It's insane. He has no idea what but to do. He can't relate to people. Yeah, I think part of it is like he's like, "Look, I did something good," and his parents are so self. They're such narcissists that like nothing he does will get their attention, and they literally just steal his fraggle and are like, "Oh, we're going to use him as a subject to worship Wait, us." You say subject, but then it changes to slave. They get really excited to enslave the fraggles. Yeah. That's just a so, weird turn that it takes. Yeah, yeah. not creepy at all. It's yeah. So the Gorgs want to enslave the Fraggles. The humans don't know about the Fraggles, uh, but one of the Fraggles, Travelin' Tom, good old Travelin' Tom, goes on an adventure. Is I'm it? so sorry. It's ad- it's Adventurer Matt. Oh, is Matt? All right. That's probably his name's Matt. <laughs> sorry, that's one of my. Yes, it's Uncle Traveling Matt. Uncle Traveling Matt. <laughs> <laughs> It's such an insane 
Um, it's such an insanely mundane name. It is, yeah. <laughs> so yeah, yeah, because other ones are named like Boober and things. Right. Uh, so so Matt goes through the hole, comes out in the human area, goes on an adventure where humans seem genuine, like generally very kind to him. Like one child offers him an umbrella. Later, he's hanging out in a donut shop and someone gives him a quarter because they think he's homeless, um, which he then trades in for a donut unwillingly. And then he trades the donut to a dog for nothing. But the dog this time is a real dog, not a puppet dog. Um, and then Matt just writes correspondence home about the silly world of these silly creatures that he's examining. Uh, when in fact, we know at home, he is the silly one. <coughs> It's not us. It's it's the Fraggles that are dumb. So that's the real Shyamalan twist of the whole series. <laughs> I mean, that's the world, right? Is am I missing anything from at least the first half of the first season that we watched? I mean, his postcodes do have a way of like always syncing up with sort of like the theme of each episode. Yes, which is I thought thing is like a kind of cute, like the the way they moralize the show. Well, yeah, theme but not really moral. So, like, there's the, the episode about w- the water disappearing. His postcard mm. is about how he noticed that when these humans hold up these weird sticks called umbrellas, it makes the water come down from the sky, which is not oh, like yeah. a moral. It's just like, oh, yeah, the water comes back. Unless that's the moral of the water episode is like, water comes and goes, man. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, I would, the whole thing. But is sometimes you can shake a stick at the sky. Yeah. Yep. <laughs> That's like the the moral the morality of the show is pretty like chill. Like the morality of that episode, like the moral of that story seems to be like water, man. Sometimes it leaves, sometimes it comes back. And then uh, there's a whole episode about losing stuff where the moral is like, yeah, man. Sometimes you get stuff, sometimes you lose it. <laughs> it's, 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 it's almost like hippies made it <laughs> fair point fair point uh oh and also it's a musical i should mention that can i tell you my theory about the old man yes yes so in the first episode he's like moving boxes into the shed mm-hmm. where the fraggles you know like intersect through his life and have been living for and, decades it seems well here's what i Here's my theory. I think his kids packed him up. I think he has dementia. Oh, oh no. This is a sad show. <laughs> and he found the boxes and was like, what are these boxes doing here? And without knowing he's lived there forever, he's just moving back into his house with his dog. <laughs> oh. Yeah, it adds this whole dimension to the show that I really liked. I mean, I definitely is, think there's some unreliable narrator with him because uh, he got an award for Man of the Year from Tinkerer's Monthly, which sounds that's what I'm And he just dumps a bunch of like metal, like shards of metal garbage into his suitcase. Yeah. And he's yeah. like, I'm going. This, this guy's going to take this dude with a made up name. He's going to take care of you, Sprocket, his dog. Right. He's like, goodbye. And it's like, where are you going? Do you have a ticket? And then he- <laughs> All your tickets is a cardboard box with just trash in it. Oh, you're right. And then because the end of that episode is he comes back to Sprocket, his dog, and he's like, um, I came back early. Uh, they gave me the award, but I wanted to be with my real friend, you. Yeah. Like, that's a sad old man. I- <laughs> 
I swear to God, if we were to follow his narrative in that episode, he went and sat on a bus bench for like <laughs> oh, no. three hours. Waited for the guy who actually won to come out of his Holiday Inn, and then he attacked him and stole his yeah. trophy. Oh, he sat quietly with his bowler hat on and his was like bag of metal. His bag of his bag of like old muffler bits. Oh God. And just quietly wandered home. Someone found it like a like some like passerby was like, Do you know where you live? And he's like, I'm going to the tinkerers. And he said, a year. And they're like, Okay. Do you know do you have family around here? And Going to the Tinkerers Association, and they call the cops, and the cops find out where he lives, and they bring him home. Like you, and, you gotta be with yeah. your real friends. Yeah. And then the, the it's, a, it's a very upsetting interpretation. We only of watched show. a handful of episodes of the first season, but I'm assuming that the end of this show is just like the the kids notice a smell coming from the garage. Oh, oh no! no. Oh. It's too sad. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> too soon. Alive. Too soon. Yeah. It is too soon. It hasn't happened to him yet. Well, I'm sorry for taking it there. But anyway, now it's time for a minor compliment or a major compliment. We start and end every show with a compliment. It's called the compliment sandwich. Um, So before we say anything else about the series, I want everyone to say at least one nice thing or their favorite thing about it. Anthony, you're up first in the major compliment round. What is your uh, major compliment for Fraggle Rock? Uh, I I thought this it had like really good uh, kids music. Like stuff that you just hear and is like, oh, I'll be humming this all day. Yeah. Like I had never seen Fraggle Rock. Yeah, I'd never seen this show before because I didn't have HBO growing up, oh, and yeah. it was a little bit before I was even like born. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I believe you didn't have HBO in the womb. <laughs> yeah. No, we were we were incredibly we were that poor. Can you believe it? What a ratchet up uterus you had. You couldn't even b- borrow an HBO Go password from yeah. some other fetus. No, I was I was more of the dozer class here. You, you know what I mean? I wasn't fraggled uh, sure. with a half hour work week. Sure. Uh, <laughs> Blue collar fetal, but yeah. a lot of time devoted to singing. Yeah, yeah. That's but what I mean, just for. Uh, just putting this on, it was immediately like I could see like if I when I was a kid the way like the the opening credits starts like I would get psyched. It's just a really catchy tune. It's real like yeah, exciting. And I liked all the music a lot. There's one song I sang in the first episode that uh, I was watching with my husband last night, and it's uh, Uncle Matt and who is it? Boober? No, yeah. I don't. I don't. It's always Boober. <laughs> Boober all the time, bro. No, but they're singing this song, and I was like, it drove me crazy because I was like, that sounds like a different song, and I hummed it manically and was like, oh, it's it's that Tom Petty song. Do 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 do. Do 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 you guys know what I'm talking about? I have no idea. So Tom Petty stole from the Muppets? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, because it's like uh time to move on. It sounds like time to move on. Oh man. Came- I bet I bet a small percentage of our listeners were so mad that we didn't get that and that they feel very smart now because they were right. So thank <laughs> yeah. you for playing name that tune round on Read and Weep. <laughs> Thank you. I'm leaving. That's the last thing. I, that was my major contribution. A bunch of the songs f- were felt either like they were reminiscent of another song or like kind of like parodying something. There was yeah. in the last episode I watched. There was something that felt very Bob Dylan and, until the chorus, which just turned into like all of the Fraggles shaking maniacally. 
which is not really. Which is a little Dylan-y. A little Dylan-y. It's not quite yeah. like what I post, remember. Post-motorcycle accident Dylan. Oh. Yeah, like in his Veronica secret ad when he's just sort of like standing there playing the guitar. Yeah, it's just like that. Yeah. I'm sure that's a good reference I don't get. Um, uh, Phoebe, why don't you go next? What's your major compliment? My major compliment is the world that they've built. Yeah. It's like Beatrix Potter meets Trash Heap. Like, <laughs> it's so... It's because look, I'm in the same boat where like I didn't have HBO, right. so this wasn't a show that I like watched every week. It's I'm really late to the Fraggle game, to be yeah. honest. Yeah, and um, but of course the theme song is one of my favorite theme songs of all time, and then yeah, and the world just like is so gritty and bouncy, yeah. and I love that. Yeah, I love it. I I'm gonna I'm just gonna tag team off that for my major comment because what I love the most is the creatures and this world and what I like about the Jim Henson place is that it's the Jim Henson production style is it's just so bonkers and fun and every like all of the creatures and it I don't think this show is great. Uh, it's not. <laughs> I, I really. I, I will fight you, Alex. Oh, okay. Okay. Good. I because I, wa- I watched the first episode. I was so delighted, and then after that, I just spent a lot of time like waiting to fig- until I got it, and it just never clicked. But um, what I love about it is it just it feels like they made the creatures first. It just feels like they were like because uh, like every once in a while they go meet somebody who's not even important they meet like a guy with a trumpet face and the only reason is so that the guy can insult him to uh, bo- yeah uh, boobs can- wants to insult him to say that he to prove that he's brave so he's like what is that your nose or did you swallow a trumpet and that just looks like he's got a trumpet nose so it's a pretty good insult yeah, like, he that guy hasn't heard that before come on <laughs> like that's so that's I, so I agree. but I just like that they like and the, I mean the doozers as a design element are just fantastic. They're so small and just serious and they're pushing, they're always working. They're always pushing little wheelbarrows or, or hand trucks. I just, every one of the creatures delights me. And so the, the Muppet dog instead of a real dog is so fun. I don't think the plots make sense, but I really enjoyed all of the creatures. And I like that. It seems like Henson's go creature first and then they figure out what to do. It's a show where I love having it on in the background. Sure, yeah. I can I see that. never have to pay attention to it. Yeah. And that's going to cause some controversy as people <laughs> love the Fraggles. But I'll, I'm going to go out on a real controversial limb and say that I, pe- I think people like the idea of the Fraggles more than they would like the show. Yeah. Oh, yeah. Does that make sense? No, that's exactly it's how not, I feel. It's not like a fantastic narrative show. Like, you look at the Muppets... And that's perfect. It's set up in a world, this variety show world, where everything makes everything that happens makes sense within the context of like the circumstances they've given themselves. Kermit's the showrunner. He's constantly being, you know, he's he's beleaguered and totally like stretched thin by all of the crazy cast members he has to corral every night and there's a guest and that's fun yeah, yeah and it's like and and it's hammy but it's it's very self-aware i feel like the fraggles aren't as self-aware like there isn't the same level of i don't know yeah i, I agree i agree yeah. it just feels like it didn't it doesn't quite come together as an idea as much as the creatures are delightful and the songs are fun exactly. and the world is cool 
but it doesn't coalesce the story. I should also mention, I did not have HBO growing up, um, but... And the show aired before I was old enough to care mostly about it. I mean, it was like 83, right? Yeah, something like that. Yeah, uh, debuted in 83, ran for uh, four or five seasons, it seems like. Um, Anyway, uh, that's early for me. I was pretty drunk in the early 80s. Um, (laughs) And uh, high on cocaine, remember? Yeah, high on cocaine, yeah, and born in 84. But the... uh, uh, they, they ran reruns in the late 80s on TNT and uh, on the Disney Channel in the early 90s. And I'm, I feel like we might have had a VHS of some of it. Anyway, I, I took some, I, I got some of it somewhere as a child, but I definitely did not watch them regularly on HBO. So in case you thought, Anthony, that I was one of those rich HBO wombs, did not have, <laughs> they did not have womb box office at that point. I just feel like all of our wombs are kind of like they have the signs that are outside of motels where it's like HBO. <laughs> <laughs> um, Free Wi-Fi. Yeah. Uh, yeah, maybe if you're really if you're really young. Amanda, it's your turn. Major compliment for Fraggle Rock. And it sounds like you might be slightly an island in this show. And so oh, apologize for man. putting you in that position. I did not I didn't think that. I was gonna be the island. So um I'm not that much older than all you guys, but my experience of Fraggle Rock is different because I watched it um, growing up over in the UK. Oh, shit. Oh, and that's, that's like another level of bougie that I don't think any of us were <laughs> It's It's super not bougie. It's it's because my parents were in the military. That is uh, <laughs> the okay. opposite of bougie. Yeah, green collar. Uh, yes. <laughs> do they say that? They should say that. Uh, now they do. Sure, okay. we'll go with that. I started it. Yeah, it was on ITV in the UK. Yeah, exactly. So it was on regular TV. And also, so, ah, God, I can I can play this a few ways, but one of my favorite things about the Fraggles is that it's a really good way to start fights with people. Um, <laughs> right? Because... Right, if you're in the army, that would be perfect. <laughs> because it was different for each country it was aired in. Oh. The, uh, the old man and the setting for where the old man is is different for each country. So what? watching these episodes of American Fraggle Rock was disorienting for me because what I had growing up in the UK was a lighthouse keeper. What? And a lighthouse, which makes way more sense because it's Fraggle Rock and lighthouses are on a rock, damn it. It, does it doesn't make, make any sense. Also, then instead of him just being old and senile, he's just a crazy person because he hasn't seen yeah, humans in 10 years he's a he's a lonely grumpy old lighthouse keeper yeah exactly Wait, so where does keeping this not- keeping the semen safe though you know <laughs> keeping the light lit <laughs> where does- well, that's a little bit like what they do with sesame street like mm, mm-hmm. people from the henson company go from place to place and teach uh people native to their country how yep. to be doesn't like how to do Sesame Street on their own, and mm-hmm. not all of the characters are the same. Yeah, but when you when you tell people this, they get really angry <laughs> and are like, "No, there is only one true Fraggle Rock." <laughs> I am so with you about the lighthouse, though. That's an easy win. That makes way more Thank sense. You. Wait, Thank where you. Does, how does traveling, right. does traveling Matt have to take a boat to go see the Umbrella People? I don't remember because all the rest of the show is the same. Like traveling Mac does the same things. The Fraggles do all the same things. It's only the, uh, the pieces with the human are different because they wanted kids to be able to identify with it more. And there um, were a lot of kids living in white and, uh, lighthouses. And well, I mean, there's a lot of shoreline in the UK. <laughs> sure, I don't know. Fair. 
but it was you know an, a, a British actor playing that role instead of an American one. And like in France, apparently it was a bakery, which is oh, so French. That is so Isn't French. That <laughs> That's really good. And in America, it's an abandoned shed. <laughs> Perfect. Uh, man, yeah. Apparently, all, a bunch of those the British wraparounds were lost somehow in the last ten years. Yeah, I found the intro on um, on YouTube yeah. so that I could cleanse myself of this filthy American hybrid. But um. <laughs> oh man, I wish we'd watch the one at the French bakery. That sounds fun too. Right? Yeah, that's really clever. Uh, also, I just want to add from having opened the uh, the Wikipedia page while this was going on is that the names that sound stupid are inside jokes mostly. So, <laughs> traveling Matt is a reference to a blue screen technique. M a t t e, traveling Matt. <laughs> And Gobo, so Gobo is the name of the uh, the like the grill, the the things that close over lights in lighting rigs. Those like barn doors. Uh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, and uh, or no, no, it's not the barn doors. It's the they just make different shapes over the light. Anyway, and red is apparently a reference to an eight hundred watt film light. Anyway, so they're just just film nerds making these things. I wonder what boobs are a reference to. Yeah, that's a that's a real. <laughs> Uh, so uh i guess i have a a few uh things that i just want to talk about now uh after someone's got compliments out of the way we got a few things i want to discuss um so anthony you mentioned that you like the songs my feeling this time was perhaps too many songs so how did everybody feel about the musical elements of this so so you guys realize this is for children right yeah that's that's what i was gonna say like i think like, I, I think the songs would probably keep me more interested as a kid rather than, like, them freaking out about not having the stick or whatever. <laughs> you didn't need yeah. a lot more plot, yeah. yeah. I I am aware that it's for children. I've watched <laughs> a lot of things for children as an adult and as a children, and I feel like this case, it seemed like I would have gotten tired of the songs back then, too. I always, I always got tired of songs as a kid. Good. Yeah. Just, okay. Yeah. Uh, no, I just don't have. It just seems God. like an interruption of what's going You're, on. Everybody was bitter <laughs> and jaded as children. <laughs> what is wrong with you guys? Uh, America. <laughs> there was in a lot of bands that didn't pan out by the time I was seven, and so I presented the concept of music. I used oh. to do back uh, many years ago. I used to do some children's theater to pay the bills and we we were in i was i was doing a traveling musical and the kids were generally pretty into it and er, until we'd start singing the first time and then the whole auditorium would just visibly slump i feel like i feel like maybe kids have just been burned out on too many songs i think that's just a statement to your maybe musical abilities Alan. <laughs> no, I mean, like without a doubt it was not a great show and i was the worst part of it especially when i had to sing in a bird costume um, oh. uh, have I never, I mean, Anthony? Did you ever see? Did I ever tell you about this or show you pictures of this? No, I don't believe you have. Oh man! So I used to do this music, and it was like it was paid for by the uh, the government body that runs garbage here and recycling. And so it was about kids recycling and reusing more. So all of the costumes had to be a hundred percent reused. And what that meant was <laughs> I was wearing a bird costume made of garbage, and everyone else was wearing costumes made of garbage. So like my bird feet were just old uh, swim flippers. So, so you have experience being a trash heap. I was such. I, we yeah. were all trash heaps. It was. It was, uh, was kind of rough, and the kids 
hated us. And I have never, I mean, even YouTube comments, I've never had as many things said to me online as I have had said to my face by children <laughs> during a show. Like, not even heckling, but just like, we're dancing and then we go running through the aisle and a kid will just look you in the face and be like, this is a bad show. Oh. Hey, trash bird. Yeah, Get it? Yeah. Don't quit your day job, said a four-year-old boy. It was rough. And also uh, a lot of like homophobic slurs and other things that kids like to say in the sixth grade. But man, it was mm. bad. Oh, it was bad time. Oh, sixth grade is tough though. Nobody's ever interested in anything at that age. Well, but they they got yeah. less Unless interested in music. That's true. Yeah. Ubers yep. they might have been fine with. <laughs> um, Maybe you should have tried to you know speak their language. You know, give them some of that you know modern Taylor Swift type pop. You know. <laughs> I don't know what the kids like. Actually, that uh, across the board, when we did like '70s throwback songs type things, it was way better than we tried to do modern sounding songs. They hated uh, it. Oh yeah, I go into the galaxy is huge with the kids. They love that '70s throwback shit. <laughs> we did like a we did a Twilight uh, sort of scene where these vampires were complaining because the car because they live forever and so the garbage piling up is more important to them than to normal people, and the kids hated it. For, like getting too near their shit. I want to read like a child written review <laughs> that they like put out in their school newspaper. Oh yeah, where it's just this, like long, this long critical analysis of why your play was such garbage after several and years it, of increasingly awful theater productions. Just yeah, it. But then I, also like part of it is like not how it like. The kid thought he could maybe finger his girlfriend during it. And then <laughs> out. <laughs> also, totally the experience. I mean, the worst part about <laughs> negative... Because it sounded really gross. So, <laughs> take it out if you want. <laughs> I'm going to let it go. Because you said All it, right. not me. The, the worst <laughs> part about getting really negative feedback to a production you're in is when you also think it's bad. So, I couldn't be like yeah. mad at him. I'd be like, I mean, look, man... The budget for this show was very low. We we only got paid like, for two days of rehearsal time this year. Like, of course, it's not going to be great. I'm trying, man. I'm trying. I'm, no, I'm not even trying. Exactly. exactly <laughs> what that you, the reason it doesn't seem great is because I do not care about this show either. Oh, it was bad. Um, all right. Back to, back to Fraggle Rock. Um, That's not a very doozery attitude. <laughs> I wish I was more of a doozer. Just, just get w- stuff w- done. W-D-D. What? Wait, wait. There's a there's a part in one of the episodes where they get a, a hammer for some reason, and the Fraggles are like, "Oh, I know what this is for hitting doozers on the head," and then they just hit the doozers, and the doozers are like, f- "Just fine with it." The doozers are chill as fuck. <laughs> they're just so concentrated on the task at hand. They're just like, are they're so literal? They're like, well, I guess this is my. It's a little communist. It's a little communist propaganda y where they're like I'll take whatever quality of life is thrown at me as a working as a working man. Yeah, I'm like, and there's just some rights to have this job. It, yeah. Is it that or is it not rock candy that they're building with? Well, so that's what they're building with is a great question. So uh because in the first episode, they're building these towers. So the doozers, these tiny creatures, build towers and roads. And one of the Fraggles gets kind of, like, just in the Fraggle village. But they're never using them. The towers are uninhabited. The roads are only used for doozers to move other pieces of road. Um, 
but one of the fraggles gets like built into a trap he's like caught inside the doozer road he's like that's fine i'll just eat my way out and then they're like i wonder what the do how the doozers feel about us always eating their structures and then you cut to the doozers who apparently can't speak fraggle and the doozers are like you know it's just nice to see our architecture being utilized and that's being appreciated yeah yeah, appreciate it they're just stoked that people are eating their their hard built towers also taxes are so high in Fraggle Rock that like the infrastructure budget is like very healthy. So they have all this they have all these like, you know, really solid public programs for building <laughs> roads and healthcare. And so building. yeah, there's you know, there's no shortage of work for them. And I imagine they're unions, so like what else are they gonna do except for rebuild the city? That's fair. Yeah, and let me tell you something. You build a big building in a in a place you know fraggles come through, you insure the hell out of it. <laughs> then one day a few fraggles come in, eat most of it. That's true. But you know You just collect bam, the settlement. Bam. Yeah, exactly. One building becomes the four doozers. buildings. The doozers are just committing insurance fraud every <laughs> Massive. Yeah, I mean, being in a doozer insurance company would be really difficult, except every time you had to pay, uh, uh, you'd just be like, I'm just glad to see that our service is being appreciated. They're just I mean, they, they work so hard. You know, when they clock off, they they fucking party harder, right? They, yeah. they work hard, like play hard. The doozer motto. <laughs> yeah. they, they have like a dive bar outside of Fraggle Rock, and they just all meet up there. You know, like you know the bar in the second season of The Wire. Oh where all the yeah. Go, where they go to get wasted like before they work. Yeah. yeah, they're just fucked <laughs> up, man. Man, oh man, that thing in the See, two of the wire where they go, they're like, it's breakfast time, so they order a beer with a raw egg dropped into it. Ugh. Oh, yeah, that's yeah. what I'm talking about. Is there? That's them. One of the doozers is like, one of my arms is a quarter inch shorter than the other from all of the doozering. <laughs> <laughs> and their kids like don't appreciate it yet, but then you know, they, I mean. Someday, have to go into the doozer business if this is really second season though it's actually about how the doozer business is not what it used to be and the kids are leaving to get college educations it's just not as much doozer work as they need you know they're spending a lot of time drunk there's also that's the spinoff just disaffected disaffected doozer youth oh man it's so sad that the doozers aren't in their business that the dad used to do i always want my son to become a doozer yeah i want a ziggy doozer so badly (laughs) just a total fuck up uh, ends up shooting one of the Russian doozers at, at some point. <laughs> and then, like, the dad doozer is, like, found in the lake of one of the fragments <laughs> structures. And anyway, we're giving... That's a lot of spoilers. <laughs> but I, if you haven't seen at least the second season of The Wire nap by now, fuck you. Actually, but, uh, just a quick poll. Second season of The Wire, best season or worst season of The Wire? I think Schools is the best season. Ooh, I... I disagree entirely. Anthony? I, I, I think two through four are all equally great. Oh, interesting. People don't usually say two is equal to anything because it's just so different that people either love it or no. hate it. Two's, so yeah, two's on rewatching uh, really shot up in my appreciation yeah. for it as a season. Just it sets up everything that happens later on throughout the seasons. Yeah. It's like first seated in season two at some point. It's amazing. Amanda? I've only seen seasons one and two. Oh, okay. Did you like? Well, you did you like two, or was it such a bit big difference? You stopped. I did like it. Okay. 
I just got you know, the rest of life got depressing enough that I didn't want to watch a depressing TV I show. Think, I think so. you're fine too. I mean, I I love TV. the wire is kind of like hopeful compared to the world we live in now. So maybe <laughs> so I should restart. Okay, yeah. that's why like, I can't. Why I don't like school. I think schools has some brilliant stuff in it, but man, it makes me so sad. I yeah, I mean, just cannot emotionally handle the school season. Well, let's not oh. give anything away. But here's the kids here's in Baltimore in the heroin district all... don't turn out well. I'm spoiling that for you. <laughs> well, here's the thing: is I would like to add one of my patented conspiracy theories. They're both HBO. Do you think uh-huh. that The Wire is, you know, uh, based on the Fraggles a little bit? <laughs> He's inspired by this is some sort of a remixing. Well, yeah, the first season, you know, the first season of Fraggles is like the project, sure, and then moving candy and sort of like the faults within, you know, the the lowest rung and Thanks. what they have to deal with. Season and three is just about the homeschooling of the big guy. Of juniors. <laughs> yeah. Of juniors. Oh, yeah. The, all the different stuff that happens in, in the Gorg school. One kid, two idiot parents. There's no other creatures that they know. There's no other Gorgs in the world as far as we know. Yeah, the Gorgs get, the Gorg educational system just fails them. And honestly, like the social system, that that junior Gorg, he's just lost to... The fate and the the disorganization of his parents and that society. Yeah. And the hard part and is the you, season is the doozers. The hard part is that you know that the uh, Gorg father used to work for the police and had this thing where he accidentally lashed out too many times. So you might spend the whole season <laughs> wondering when he's going to shoot a kid. <laughs> oh, or is that how you guys watch the school season? That's how I watch the school season. <laughs> and then and then what is it? The journalism is. Is just adventurer Matt writing, <laughs> writing the postcards about a serial killer. No, it's just, it's just yeah. him catching the Zodiac killer. Yeah. It's just... <laughs> oh, that would be a good turn if Matt became yeah. a great detective after all of this. That would be really good if he had to like compare handwriting to like. <laughs> what if? What if the old man he is, is the Zodiac, the Zodiac killer. killer? Sure. Totally, and then Jake Gyllenhaal busts in. Ted like, Ted Cruz as the old man. <laughs> All right, sorry. This yeah. is this has wandered pretty far afield. So I want to get back really quick. A couple more things about uh, Fraggle Rock before we wrap this segment. Uh, I do. I do want to talk more about the Gorgs because of all of the creatures in this world. The Gorgs seem the craziest. They're just they're the weirdest. There's only three. There's this family relation. The kid wants to catch Fraggles, but not clear what to do. Like, what do you, what do you guys think is going on with the Gorgs? Uh, is there is there a way that this turns out well? Is there? A- well, I'm very curious, like what where this show goes because we, uh, we watched like the first five episodes, yeah. and you see a lot of like like setup. I want to know, like, in like by the end, was like the old man and the dog in the Gorgon universe, like interacting, like helping the Fraggles or something, mm-hmm. or were they always three separate storylines? I uh, don't think they ever interacted. I think they were all separate. The the old man figures out that Fraggles exist at some point. Yeah, yeah. Apparently, at the end, there's some. They have a conversation right. where Matt hangs out with uh, Doc, the old man. Oh. I here's my here's my theory about the Gorg situation and his sort of desire to capture Fraggles. Yeah. He's probably 
13, 12, 13. I think he's, you know, in entering puberty and is developing a burgeoning sense of sexual desire. I, I don't like where this is going. No, I'm all I don't about either. it. Tell it's me about just, it. I think just what the truth is, and that's hard. <laughs> I think I think he has he has no peers. He has no outlet. I think he's catching fraggles and just using them like the you know the way that any. Nope, I'm off board. I'm out of it. I'm not into it anymore. I was you know? fine with it, but you, it's gone too far. You you didn't know where that was going. Come on. I didn't think he was gonna bang frat. I, th- I thought he was gonna like run off and find a, a another gorg somewhere in another garage. No, no, no. I mean, no. is their whole pocket universe only like a square mile or something? Like, what if there is nothing beyond, like, their house? Like, they just live in this tiny little world that just is slightly connected to ours. That seems, that seems totally plausible. I mean, it seems like that's, that's what they're, that's the case they're making. And then their, their experience is finding out that there's a little bit more beyond every wall. You know? Like, that's kind of the of the show. Oh, that's interesting. So so the gorgs go through a hole on the other side of their farm village and they pop out in another crazier world with different creatures. Where everything's bigger than them. And then they're just backstage of the Muppet show. (laughs) (laughs) And I made myself so easy to love. It's time for lightning bonus round. Lightning right. bonus round. We're going into lightning bonus round. Lightning bonus round. Here we go. We're going to finish this shit up. So lightning bonus round is our mini game segment where we talk about things inspired by the show, but not necessarily about the show. And today's lightning bonus round, I would like to make about Muppets generally because of your expertise, Phoebe. I want to ask some Muppet questions of you. Okay. So just of from your experience about the act of, mu- of puppeting, of of making Muppets, uh, uh, any number of things uh, that are maybe things I, I thought about while watching this or just in general. So first of all, what is the training program uh, like? What is it like to learn to Muppet? Um, it's it's really hard. The thing that they that they teach you first is lip sync. So how to oh. you know how to use a puppet and make it look like it's talking instead of just a flapping head. Right. And you have to kind of like retrain your hands to, um, I, I like to fit the puppet correctly. So we use the very first step is we have these things called peepers, which are just like eyeballs that clip onto your hand. You can also make them out of ping pong balls. Sure. And, because they don't want your hand hidden in the puppet so they can make sure that the technique that you're using is correct. So instead of what people usually do is lay their hand flat and just kind of like flap the thumb and the top four fingers up and down. Yeah. Does that? Yeah. Totally. Let me know if this, I'm doing it while you describe it. (laughs) So, okay. So put your hand like that Uh and then take your four fingers and curve them up. So it's kind of, um, so it's like a C shape. Yeah. And then take your thumb 
And how you puppeteer is you only move your thumb and you keep the top of your hand still. And it's super, it's like much harder to do that. It is. I'm tired already. What one trick just to learn is if you take your middle finger and put it on top of your index finger, it kind of anchors your top hand Ah. weirdly. Anyway, so there's that. And then you kind of get that down. You're like, boy, that was hard. And then they're like, hey, let's do monitors now. And monitor work is the hardest thing to learn because everything that you do is backwards that you're looking at. So it's not like hearing. So you have to like get eye focus down the center of the lens, maintain that while moving around the screen while everything's backwards. So literally the first couple weeks of that was everyone's hand, arms just like Dr. Strange loving around. Because you'll just, be, you'll just be staring at the camera and staring at the screen. And then all of a sudden of its own volition, your arm will just drift away. Oh, and man. it's so funny to watch these puppets just not know where to go because there's no human in the screen. So it's just like (laughs) crazy, insane, arbitrary, abstract movement. Um, Wow. So that's kind of, yeah. So it's, and eye focus is like super hard. You have to learn how to enter screen and then immediately lock focus in on the center of the camera. Um, Because otherwise it looks like, it doesn't look real then. And so those are all techniques that Henson came up with to make puppets look like actual creatures instead of these like punch and Judy, like, you know, like sock puppets that have yeah. no personality because they're not making eye contact with you. Mm. So like in Sesame street, one of the major, you know, reasons it works so well is because the puppets are talking to you from screen and it feels like they're looking directly at you. And that's what helps animate them in a really meaningful way and makes you feel like you can develop a relationship with an inanimate object. The mirror, so, the mirroring thing seems crazy to me though. Cause it's, it wouldn't it be trivial just to have your, the monitor you're looking at flip the image for you. It's honestly, they, it's just what I've heard at least is like, that's just the way they've been doing it since the sixties and seventies. So right. like, they're not going to change it. Right. You know, it's just like, <laughs> This is that's the way that it is. So I don't know. Question number two: uh, yeah. What is the job market like? Because you <laughs> said that you were a comedian, not working on Sesame Street currently. I, right. I mean, I, I sort of, yeah. I, it's it's a hard, um, it's a hard market to initially break into because there's so much training that goes into it, but. Honestly, I've gotten so much more work puppeteering than I have doing stand-up since I moved to L.A. Oh, interesting. Because, because there's a smaller group of people that do it, and people love puppets. So, like, I've done – I did a segment in that show, Greatest Party Stories Ever. Oh, yeah. For TV. It was, like, a felt church puppet. Um, I've done a bunch of music videos and, like, a short film for that company, Loot Crate. Like – there, there's a market for it, weirdly, and I'm constantly surprised by that. So, and also, like the Henson thing doesn't hurt, you know. No, that a, sounds amazing. Because there's not a lot of uh, there's not a lot of opportunities to really learn how to do it. Um, yeah, there was only thirty of us, or like, you know, twenty of us at the end of the day that got all of the information. And you can like take workshops and stuff, but 
um, they didn't, it wasn't like a regular class. It was a one-off thing that they did. So yeah. Anyway, that's, so that's okay. Question number three, and then yeah. I'm going to open up the field to other questions. But the thing that drove like that, that, like unsettled me the most watching the show from the Muppet standpoint is that the Muppets get wet all the time. <laughs> all the time. In this, in this, and I don't think I've seen that in other Muppet work. And these, they're they're flying into puddles. They stick their face under a under a well, and then it turns out that pours water on their head. They're just constantly getting wet, which seems so bad for the construction of a felt puppet. Uh, was that is that is that normal? And I've been missing it, or is this just this show was like screw it? We got HBO money. Let's get get them all wet. <laughs> Honestly, that's what I was gonna say. I don't I don't have the answer for that, but like. When you, Henson's never had, like, a ton of money, and, like, especially now, after they sold off to Disney, it's very independent, so that's a lot of the reason why they're not making a ton of new stuff, but, I mean, Sesame Street was PBS, so there's not a ton of funding for that, so I honestly think that they just had the budget to get all their puppets wet, and then maybe, (laughs) maybe have, like, specific wet puppets that they just kept growing in that was someone's job to hair dry you know blow dry the puppets it probably (laughs) was most of the puppets have i I mean there's some there's they're called puppet wranglers Mm -hmm. so there are people whose job it is so specifically to maintain the puppets so Mm -hmm. i don't know the specific situation with this i'm not going to pretend to make some sweeping definitive answer but i think that they just had ones that were built to do that and they maybe were made with a different kind of fabric and maybe not as much foam on the inside that would like get musty. But I, I don't know. And that's a very good point. I mean, I think you uh, maybe your first point was right about like this was 90, early 80s HBO. That's like Netflix now, just throwing <laughs> around money, just yeah. really trying to get their, you know, their name established. Yeah, yeah. Do you guys have any Muppet questions maybe inspired by Fraggle Rock? Anything that you were wondering about? Uh, what is the like common consensus among puppeteers? Like what to do if a puppet becomes sentient? <laughs> <laughs> That's a very good question. We are and we're given a booklet. You know, like the card that the president gets for the nuclear codes. Yeah, yeah. Like, <laughs> the football, yeah, as they call a it. small binder. Uh, yeah, we uh, we have a similar procedure. After we finished a certain amount of training, they took us into a room and they said, look, this is something that it's a bit of a cover-up. We don't want a lot of people knowing that it's possible. They just said it was a cover-up. They were just, they came out and were, used the word cover-up in their cover-up? Yeah, they need us to know that like everything we've known before. It's like if you were brought in and told about, you know, the JFK assassination. They're like, look, we've been... Hiding the truth for a long time. <laughs> Here is let's, the protocol. All right. Well, you've 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 done a lot, Mr. President. You've earned it. Let's go into the conspiracy room. Let me show you. It's hey, like, Mr. President, you want to see some shit? <laughs> <laughs> and it's just like an iDVD menu, and they <laughs> they like go through the thing, and there's like a little presentation PowerPoint of just all the most atrocious secrets. Yeah. <laughs> And yeah. one of them is like sometimes the puppets get sentient. We had to we had to shoot actual Grover, and it was yeah. it was rough. Did you have to pick Grover? <laughs> <laughs> all of them would break. It's Grover gotta be Grover or Tell. Or tell. Oh. 
Kelly's well, like a brink constantly. It's, it's, it's like Westworld. They just keep suffering over and over again. There's been a bunch of Grovers, you know? <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, no. This one. That's why throw the Fraggles in the water. It's to drown them because they... <laughs> oh, it's like they the prestige. Yeah, they've gotten oh. too emotional, and they, uh, you got to get rid of them. They reproduce so fast, they're going to destroy <laughs> the ecology if we don't. Yeah, this is a, it's an invasive species, Muppets. They have Anthony Hopkins murder all of the sentient puppets. Man, I would like to see the like the the next season of Fraggle Rock where the Fraggles are like, "This is bullshit. We're going out there. We're going to kill these people." Yeah. Uh-uh. Yeah, or Gorgs. Do they go after the people or the Gorgs first? I think I think they could bring down a Gorg. I think you get four Fraggles, they could kill a Gorg. I'd love to see the Fraggles kill a Gorg and then like <laughs> like go into their corpses and harvest the organs and have some kind of like horrible blood ceremony. That's that's getting a a bit uh, dark crystal there. (laughs) (laughs) Amanda, is this whole episode uh, too dark for you? I know you were expecting us to just talk about how much we all love Fraggle Rock. (laughs) I can't believe how dark this episode is. I was not expecting that. You know, when you bring me on for the books with, you know, horrible genital mutilation in them, I expect it. But the Fraggles, not so much. The Fraggles, they're harvesting Gorg organs, or Gorgons, as they call them. Um, (laughs) I mean, they... They could live the off one Gorgon for like an entire winter. That's they true. Yeah, yeah. Absolutely. No, no. Clearly they sell them on the, uh, you know, the specialty goods market for um, supplements. Yeah, they gr- grind up different organs and sell yep. them to the doozers. Mm-hmm. Maybe there's that. Maybe that's the reason there's only one child Gorg. <laughs> oh, <laughs> the Fraggles keep taking their babies. <laughs> oh. <laughs> That's, that's why he wants to kill him so bad. It's protected. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We got to get rid of these fraggles. They are destroyed. They're eating our babies. They're like yeah. birds taking, uh, or like snakes taking bird eggs. Uh. Yeah, Amanda, just so you know, by riffing a little bit in that segment, you are now complicit in the darkness of this episode. Sorry. <laughs> no. Oh, I take it all back. All right. We have time for. Oh, so, that, so that's the uh, lightning bonus round. Uh, if you have any questions or specific things you want us to discuss about our topics, go to readdiction.com slash next read-weep.com slash next and you can see all of our upcoming episodes and give us questions and comments and, and feedback now it's time for a minor compliment we're going to wrap this up by going in reverse order everybody has to say one more nice thing about fraggle rock which i feel like we talked a lot about it we covered fraggle rock pretty well amanda what's your last nice thing to say about it uh my last nice thing is that my favorite character on uh, fraggle rock was always red um oh, yeah sure i might have identified with her a little bit yeah. being a Loud and bossy girl child. Did you ever um, learn the who, lesson of asking for help when you need it? I mean, I'm still working on it. I think I need to watch that episode a few times more. <laughs> the weird thing about uh, her episode. Okay, so she's like, I'm put, sorry, really quick. She's putting like I'm putting on a swimming pool demonstration. <laughs> then water is missing the whole episode, but at the end, she like gets the water back, puts on her swimming demonstration, and she in the meantime she learns a lesson about asking for help because she's doing all the posters and the advertisements and the swimming and the judging all by herself. And then it turns out she sucks at swimming. That's just the end of the, <laughs> the episode. Is she tries to dive in the pool, lands on a rock, everyone laughs at her concussion. The end. <laughs> That's. I mean, that's so fraggly, though. <laughs> it is. They're just so incompetent. They're just dumb for no reason. Yeah, but they all still love each other and support each other. Oh, Yeah, that's true. As far as we see, we don't know what happens afterwards. 
Oh, <laughs> you, you're saying that when the lights go off, they bully red. Yeah. No. <laughs> what? I mean, would you guys stop ruining my childhood? <laughs> if you had seen the American version, you would be fucked up too. It's because you got that weird lighthouse one that makes it seem better. Uh, more plausible, yeah. Anyway, so you, so you associate yourself no, with red. We got the truth as children that you're going to end up alone in the shed. <laughs> Talking alone, to your dog. old, and senile in a yeah. shed. Yeah. That's what we got. <laughs> but at least I'm still man of the year. Living alone in a lighthouse with your your pet sounded pretty good to me. So, so sorry, you you were, you were complimenting though. Your minor compliment. You love red. Yeah, and that it was nice to see you know a, a character in a show that um, uh, was was like me and could be annoying sometimes, but everybody still loved her. Oh, <laughs> that's what you think about red. Now, now I feel even worse about saying that red was just secretly bullied all the time. I didn't realize you were going that personal. <laughs> Uh, yeah, yeah, no, it's fine, guys. You already did the whole, they're, um, you know, secret drug dealers and baby snatchers, yeah, so, like, yeah. <laughs> it so can't get any worse. Uh, <laughs> my minor compliment, and this was a they major... Snatch, what? Oh, I'm sorry. They don't snatch the babies as much as they murder them and disavow them. <laughs> just to be <laughs> clear, kind Amanda. Of just so yeah, that the- I, I, I'm sorry. <laughs> they're the real ransom type of people, you know? <laughs> That's too complex for them to to understand. Well, and what are they going to no. do? Because no one would trade a brass meatball for a gorg baby. <laughs> yeah, there's no market. You mean a gorgon farm? Oh yeah, they're gorgon farming. All right, so my minor compliment, <laughs> and uh, this was a major compliment when I first noted it, and then it got moved down because the second appearance of this character was less fun. But in the first appearance, I loved the all-knowing trash heap. Um, specifically i love the moment where they decide to visit the trash heap they're like man this is trouble what should we do i guess it's time to visit the all-knowing trash heap (laughs) it was like it's just such a just a muppet kids show thing like of course yeah what else would you do (laughs) do you know my first reaction to the trash heap when it popped on i was like oh man i said this out loud i was like do you know who would be a great trash heap who would play that (laughs) so well my mom (laughs) did so much full body puppeteering in what we call pods and she she would knock that trash heap out of the park wow so i have a lot of fondness for the trash heap because i kind of visualize my mom inside of it and also she's garbage that is (laughs) (laughs) but smart all-knowing garbage yeah I, i go to her when i need help yeah, uh, the the and the and the the trash heap. So it's a f- yeah full body pod puppeteering. It's this uh, trash heap lady, and she's like a blues singer. And in the first appearance, she like actually is super helpful, and the song is pretty good. The second time they go to visit her, um, she's kind of terrible, and uh, the uh, boober is like, "I'm not brave," and she's like, "Well, you got a hat," and then he's like, "Oh, that's super helpful," and she says, "She." Is she it? Wizard of Oz is him. No, but but not right. on purpose. Exactly. It seems like a Wizard of Oz moment because she's like, well, you got your hat. But then he says, that's great advice. And she says, is it? Like, she knows she was just lying to his face. <laughs> she was like, I'm not good at this. Why am I a trash heap? That's uh, a great lesson to learn, though, as a child. That you have a hat? No, Don't I trust authority. Yeah. <laughs> Sometimes people say things just to get you out of their hair. 
I don't no, don't tell kids that. Then they won't get out of our hair. <laughs> Keep the secret. You have to wait until they're forty, and then someone in the White House is like, "Do you want to see some shit?" Sometimes parents <laughs> just make stuff up to get you out of their hair. <laughs> it's all part of the slideshow. Exactly. All right. Uh, where is that, Phoebe? Your minor comment. I mean, I I love the doozers. Yeah. I love them. It's one of my favorite puppeteering uh, uh, mechanics. Yeah, can where you, I was going to ask you if you could give us some insight into the mechanics of it because they're so small and we see their legs. Okay, so here's what I think. I didn't read up on it, but I think that they're rod puppets. So they're being moved from underneath the platform uh... and then their mouths are being moved by a trigger. So... Um, you know those like dinosaur toys you could get and you'd pull a little lever and its mouth would clack? Sure, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know what or was that a regional thing in Minnesota? No, I'm just, just making that up. I have no idea what you're talking about, but I wanted to. Uh, Minnesota dinosaurs? It was, yeah. it was classic Minnesota rod dinosaurs. Yeah. So I don't know if that, I don't know if that description makes sense. So they're on a stick, you pull, you pull a string, their mouth moves. That's essentially it. And I just love it because you can really, like, control the mouth in a fun way. Yeah, the mouths were really good. Really, yeah, it makes it, like, really tiny and expressive. And I just, oh, I just love it. So that really endeared me to the doozers on a technical level. And then I just appreciate that they're trying to hold down the fort. Yeah. In what is <laughs> a much darker world than any of us thought it was or could be. Oh, wait. And I just I, I just to- solved a doozer mystery. Do you want to know? They're not rock candy. The building material of doozer sticks are made out of radish dust. Doozer ah. sticks are the Fraggles' favorite snack, and they love to eat the buildings the doozers build because they're radish dust. Um, and uh, there's apparently the thing that they the reason why the Gorgs hate the Fraggles is because they steal their radishes. So, Do you know that radish uh... dust is just another name for cocaine? <laughs> <laughs> Actually, that does clear up a lot. That makes way more yeah. sense now. Uh, you got to get that sweet radish dust. <laughs> Although that does seem like weird that the Fraggles eat cocaine, but I guess they're a different species than us. We can gum it, you know. Um, uh, it is weird also that like the thing that the wiki describes it as, as the Fraggles love playing games and being silly, and doozers like working and hate games. Weird. They just hate it's games. It's just the internet doesn't see hard drinking as game <laughs> <laughs> that is serious work you really gotta apply yourself you gotta get yeah. in there early yeah. uh i love the doozers too uh they're definitely my favorite part but uh anthony your turn minor compliment last nice thing you're gonna say about fraggle rock uh yeah i i i do actually i thought the show was pretty fun for someone who's never seen it before uh i i definitely think it's a good kid show um right. but my favorite thing about this show is something i don't think i've ever seen before in the sense that like it's these three different universes that each have their own scale, right? Yeah. Like the, they're not the same size in the the big guys universe as they are in the human universe, right? Like, and I just think that's cool, especially from a technical side when it's like different size puppets they need to have for like when they're in this big space or when they're in the little space. I just think that's cool. I like people going through worlds when things are, you know, normal size, huge and small, just on a regular basis. Yeah. It's I a fun, fun idea. I also do like the, I, I like that there's like fraggles are like ankle to knee high on the gorgs and the doozers are like knee high on the fraggles. 
and so presumably if the gorgs went farther enough off there would be like that bigger race and the and just like and there's probably a smaller group that the doozers shit on and <laughs> I think that just goes back to like the value of the show really being how visually compelling it is. Absolutely. That it's like more of a screensaver than it is a narrative program. That is exactly how I feel about it. I love it visually. I love the character design and I feel like plot wise it is even for kids a little weak. Yeah. Also, do you know the Doozers have their own animated spinoff that came out a couple years ago? I sure do. And it is a bummer. Is it? (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. It sucks. It's the story of the Russian Revolution, but told with dozers. It's the Communist <laughs> Revolution. It's just retold. They're, like, they're like, we make chairs, but we don't see our finished product. We're disillusioned. Help us for the future. Radish dust is the opium of the masses. <laughs> I have that tattooed on my back. It is, yeah. <laughs> awesome. All right, let's end there. Let's cut. All right, that's it for the show, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you so much for listening. We will be back again next week. Next week, so that, this is it for The Rocktober. This has been a great The Rocktober, hasn't it, Anthony? Yes. I've had so much fun. I feel like this is the best The Rocktober to date. Um, and, uh, I mean, The Rock was the best non-rock Rocktober thing we've watched. And last year we watched Rocky Four, which is just just not great. But uh, uh, this, this was a fun, this is a fun little The Rock thing. I, it's been great. So, happy the Rocktober. I hope it was a good one. Uh, coming up next month, it's Crossovember, obviously. So, uh, all of November, we're going to be doing crossover shows with other podcasts. So, it's going to be, we're going to have some really interesting episodes coming forward. So, keep an eye out for that. Go to readdeskweep.com slash next to see the upcoming topics and uh, contribute your questions for lightning bonus round. Also, if you want to vote on which topics to talk about, you can go to readdeskweep.com slash meet buddies and become a meet buddy. Even a dollar a month really helps us out. Any any donation comes along, full rights and responsibilities of a meat buddy. Thanks for being here at Anthony Lopez Part 2. Thanks for having me. Always great to talk to you. And at Amandable on Twitter. Yeah, thanks for having me, even if you just crapped all over my childhood. <laughs> I mean, it's one of the things we do. <laughs> we, this is a new experience for me, though. <laughs> I'm sorry we didn't love it, especially because like, last week we, did, we talked about Moana, and it was just like a love fest all over everything. And then this week, it's been just rain on your parade. <laughs> I, I did like this show. I just also, I think it's funny, all the horrible things we said. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. I don't think it's a bad show. I thought it was just, like, it just, I was, I wanted to like it more than I did. And I found the last couple of weeks being just a little boring. But um, I've given it so many chances for that same reason. Yeah. And I'm done. But I love it. <laughs> <laughs> it it's broken your heart one too many times. But you, oh, yeah. But it'll always have a special place in your heart. Um, I can I post that picture that you sent us, Phoebe? Oh, please! Cool. Yeah, that was from a uh, Dave Goles, who's the voice of both of those Fraggles, um, mm-hmm. from a special uh, Lifetime Achievement evening that they had at the Henson Company. So, so if, if you go to readers.com right now and you look at this episode, the Fraggle Rock episode, you will see uh, a photo they'll post with Phoebe in between two Fraggles. And so, as we're getting ready for the show, I didn't even know you'd met the Fraggles. Um, and we're going to have a show, and you were, you were, like, trying to get into Skype because everyone forgets their Skype password the first time we asked them to be on the show. And uh, she sent us a photo of her hanging out with Fraggles. Like, keep this will keep you occupied. It's amazing. <laughs> it's, 
What a cool move. What a, what a great power move for the rest of us. I, yeah, it was just a distraction from how stupid I am. So. No, it was perfect. And, uh, of course, we can follow what you're up to at Phoebe Bottoms on Twitter. Yeah, Twitter, Instagram, the whole, whole shebang. Do you have... So one of the things that you do uh, as a stand-up is you do a bit with a puppet uh, doing an original vagina monologue that I think is hilarious. Do you oh, have a video you. of your Muppet vagina monologue on the, on the web that we could post as well? I, t- I, I don't know if I have it up anywhere as I started doing it more in my set. So, But hey, sometimes you can see it live. Yeah, look, look uh, for Phoebe on the road. Go watch her do stand-up because it is, is, she's great. And that the Muppet work. It, like My favorite thing about it, like so the, the, the writing of the original monologue is very funny. It's got a lot of puns. But the puppet, is, the puppet work is so good that it makes... Like, it's so clear that you've trained on this thing and it's not just like a gag. That that professionalism of the puppet with the uh, silliness of the monologue is such a—it's just a great bit. So, Alex, that's so sweet. I really appreciate that. it. Yeah, I'm a fan for real. Uh, great. <laughs> well, this has been great talking to you. We'll all talk to everybody else next week. Take care. Goodbye. Pshh.